Thanks so much for joining us today. We would love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment and visit mpcocala.com stories to tell us your story. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry financially, you can give online or through our mobile giving app. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Hey everyone, I am Ryan Frazier. I am the Next Gen Pastor. I'm so excited to be here, and I'm so glad that you are with us tonight. Uh, Before I get started, I want to share with you a few things happening in our Next Gen ministry. You're going to get a card as you leave today. And we're doing something at the, uh, towards the end of August or the beginning of August, and it's called Next Gen Week. And we have got something for every age group Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday from August 1st to August 5th. So we've got something for the three to five-year-olds. We're going to go to the, a bounce house. Um, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday is our Fuse and JV conference. And then Friday is one big family night, which is something we did last year. It was a huge success, so we're going to do that again this year. So we want just to invite you, and then if you'll take this card or a few cards, feel free to invite some of your neighbors. We would love to have them to be a part of what's happening here at Meadowbrook. And I also, again, want to say very, very excited that JV and Fuse is here tonight. Thank you, guys. They, uh, every time I preach, I always get them to come in here because they're, uh, here, here's my philosophy when it comes to preaching. It's a challenge to preach to adults, not going to lie, but I used to be a kid's pastor, and if you can preach the deepest mysteries of the gospel to a seven-year-old, you can preach to just about anybody, until I met a 12-year-old. And then I learned that if you could preach to a 12 or 13-year-old, you can preach to anybody. So they keep me on my toes, and I'm so glad that they're here tonight to be a part of this. Um, and, and I also want to welcome our internet audience. Can we all hear it for our internet audience? Thank you guys for being with us. We have several hundred people that join us every week. I know on Wednesdays and then on Sundays, so, uh, even more than that. So we're, we're loving what the internet is able to provide. And then I wanted to uh, say on, Pastor, on behalf of Pastor Chims, uh, he sends you his greetings. And he had a very special message for me to tell you guys tonight. He said, tell them to listen to me. Really good. So just make sure you, you do what he says. Otherwise, you know, bad stuff could happen to you. Okay, that whole, I lied about that last part. So he didn't really say that. He's not watching online. I'm, I'm sure he's, he might be watching online. Anyway, love you, Pastor Tim. Thank you. Um, I have entitled to tonight's message, it's sort of anticlimactic. It's Monday is coming. Monday is coming. And, and, I, and I'm going to unpack this for you in a second. And here's the bottom line. As you leave, I want you to remember this. What we believe on Sunday will challenge us to serve on Monday. Let me pray before we continue. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for what you're doing in this place. God, I pray that you just prepare our hearts, prepare my heart as we get into your word and we uh, get more insight into understanding what it means to live the Christ life. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So Mondays, uh, I know it's, it's Wednesday, and I'm not trying to depress you already for Monday, but I do want to make some explanation why I would use this idea of Monday. Because Mondays are a bit of a bummer, normally. As a matter of fact, have you ever, ha- have you ever had a case of the Mondays? Let, let me show you what a case of the Mondays looks like. Go ahead and hit that, guys. Hey, guys. What's up, G? Want to go to Chachki's? Get some coffee? A little early. I gotta get out of here. I think I'm gonna lose it. Uh oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. <laughs> Has anybody ever said that to you? 
Looks like you've got a case of the Mondays. I don't know if I could actually, if somebody said that, if I'd actually handle that very well. But there is something about Monday that sort of gives us like these negative emotions. And you guys tell me, when do you start to get those Monday emotions? Sunday about 1.30 or 2. For me, it's when I wake up from my nap. I don't know what it is about that. It starts to hit me. And then I heard somebody say this, and it's actually, if you really think about it, it's sort of pressing. Mondays are an awful way to spend one-seventh of your life. Let that sink in. I mean, every other day of the week has something to look forward to. Have you ever noticed that? Except for Monday. Let me, let me go over a few of those. Okay, of course we have Sunday. I mean, Sunday is Sunday. It's, it's really known for two things in Florida. Church and NASCAR. Now, God and NASCAR, and then some of you NASCAR guys would think NASCAR is God or something. No, no, no. It's God, and then yes, there might be NASCAR, or there's also some college football, things like that. But ultimately, that's what Sunday is known for. And then, you know, we're going to skip Monday. We'll come back. Tuesdays. I know you're thinking, what, what is Tuesdays known for? I'll tell you what. Taco Tuesday. Right? That's a big deal when you can get tacos for cheap. So ta- Tuesdays are great as well. You get cheap tacos in a soda for like $6.99. So love Tuesdays. Then you get to Wednesday. We're here on a Wednesday. Um, it's hump day. And, and sometimes, you know, you got to get over the hump. And so a lot of places like Meadowbrook will offer service. You can sort of get, a, you know, like it's like coming to church at night. is like the five-hour energy drink for the rest of the week. And it sort of gives you what you need to get, to get through the rest of your week. So we're thankful for Wednesdays. And then Thursday, there used to be nothing for Thursday until social media got really popular. And they invented something. It's called hashtag TBT. And it stands for... Throwback Thursday. But let me tell you why they invented this silly day. Because the more iPhones we all started to have, we take more selfies. And the thing about a selfie is about one out of every 500 selfies is actually really great. The, the other 499 are sort of not. And so somebody got smart and said, man, I took that photo six months ago, but I want the world to see it again. What can I do? I'll invent something called Throwback Thursday, and then you put it back on social media. And if you look close, a lot of people have the same photo every six months, and it's hashtag TBT. So that's Thursday. That was a little of a social media uh, explanation right there, if you were wondering. And then, of course, so, so Thursday's TBT, and Friday is TGIF. Thank goodness it's Friday. If you're really religious, thank God it's Friday. It's, it's, it's true, though. Fridays are an incredible day. And then Saturday, you've got, what do you got on Saturday. You got race day, you got college football. Me, you got sleeping until 11, drinking coffee on the porch till 2, and then taking a nap till 5. But you all have your own thing on Saturdays. But then we get back to Monday. What does Monday have? C20, wow. (laughs) There you go. It's got C20. Because we're breaking the mold. You totally messed up my illustration. Thanks a lot. So let's pretend that we didn't have this incredible ministry on Mondays for young adults called C20. And there's Pastor Nick McDuffie right there, ready to preach this Monday at 7. If Let's pretend we didn't have that. Here's a few more facts about Monday. Studies show people in general don't crack a smile on Monday until 11, 16 a.m. Some of you still haven't cracked a smile since Monday. So I hope that you smile once or twice before the night is over. Okay, here's another one. 50% of employees are late to work. Go ahead, raise your hand if you want to on that one. Okay, that was bold. That was bold. 
Uh, People will use 12 minutes out of the day to complain about Monday. So out of your whole day, you've actually spent 12 minutes just complaining about it. I think for students, it's probably more like 24 minutes. People between the ages of 45 and 54 will suffer the most Monday blues. And then uh, employees only manage 3.5 hours of productivity on a Monday. Wow. Are there any bosses in here? Raise your hand if you're a boss. No, really. If you're like a boss, okay. Now, put your hands down. Raise your hand if you're an employee of somebody in this room right now. Oh, yeah, that was, okay, I tried to help you there. You should have been taking photos. And the last one, there's a 20% increase of heart attacks on a Monday. What this means is Mondays is literally hazardous to your health. I, I had to search a lot to find one good thing about Monday. You ready? Here it is. Monday is the best day of the week to buy a new car. That's what I said, so... If you're looking for a new car, hit it up on Monday. Now, I, I'm really sort of joking about Mondays. I'm not trying to like get you prepped for a bad week. But Monday represents something in our life, and it represents something in society. It really represents the realization that this is what we deal with week in and week out. Now, I know our students are in summer mode, so Monday doesn't even exist, right? Yeah? Until in about three days, your mom's going to come home with an Excel spreadsheet, and it's called the chore list. It, they give you a week, but it will be there, and then you will remember what Mondays are for. So don't, you just, you guys stay with me. So, so Mondays, like, the, the struggle is real. And if you're a parent, you know, you're thinking about on Sunday at 2, okay, I got to get lunches ready. I got to make sure that Ethan did his algebra homework. I got to, you know, I got to get laundry done. And then, you know, we've got 15 other things that we're trying to get ready for Mondays. And then the students are like, I got to try to get this algebra homework done because my dad's going to be really upset. I don't know if y'all catching this little thing I'm doing with my son over there. Or, or any, you know, there's, there's a lot going on. So I guess you could say Monday is coming is equal to life is coming, Right? It's, it's sort of how we live. It's what we do. And Mondays, that, that whole concept of living the life of a Monday throughout our week, it's, it gets tricky. But here is the good news. We still have Sunday. We've got Sunday. And I want to talk about Sunday days for a second. I'm going to give a trivia question. None of you will get it. So first person that gets it, let's see if you guys actually are shopping. Go ahead and put that next screen up. It was too jarbled. I didn't really catch any of that. So I don't think any of you got it right. You obviously don't know that. But of course you know. Church days affect the rest of our days. And that's what I ultimately want to talk about. So um, I want to I think about Sunday. Because my bottom line was what we believe on Sunday will challenge us to serve on Monday. And I know what some of you are thinking. Oh great, not another sermon on serving. Yes, it is. it is. It is one of those sermons. As a matter of fact, I, I forgot to say at the end of that video where I, the volunteer growth track starts Sunday, this Sunday, 1030 and noon. We'd love to have you there. We got lots of spots that we would love to fill in all of our ministry areas. So please, really, my kid does do some of those dumb things. So we really do need you. Um, the dog food thing, I think, was a real deal. So Sunday and serving. Well, let's talk about 
Let's talk about what the purpose of the church is. And I know that that is something that we should just automatically know. And if you've been in church your whole life or if this is your first day at church, it's like, well, that's an easy one. Everybody knows what Sunday's for. Well, if you really think about it, Sunday is so dynamic, it, it's sort of all-encompassing. All so I wanted to pick out four things that I think Sunday is very, very purposeful in, in how it affects our lives. The first thing will come from the book of Hebrews. It says this, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And here's the word that I really took out of there. Well, there was two. There was motivate, but I really, I, I sort of got stuck on encourage. If you go to church and you don't leave encouraged, something might not be right. And sometimes it's our heart. But if you're at a church where they're preaching the word of God, he will be encouraging you. And I hope that when you leave Meadowbrook or wherever it is that you go, when you leave church, you feel encouraged and motivated. So church is a place of encouragement. Next, Matthew 18 says this, For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. And I'm going to skip to the book of Acts 42 says, 242 says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals. That's my favorite part, potlucks, including the Lord's Supper and a prayer. So what we get here is we see that when two or more are gathered, is there two or more in here? Yes. And we're sharing in some food. I saw somebody dropping meatballs out there earlier. So there's food here somewhere. I know that. And we were making waffles. And there's the, uh, there's the apostles teaching. I'm not so bold to say that I'm an apostle, but I'm teaching what the apostles said. So that'll work. And, and there's prayer. So we're doing church. So church is a place to meet with Jesus in a personal, personal and intimate way through worship and the preaching of the word. Do we all agree? Okay, there's two things. Here's the third one right now. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So what we just learned there, what is my responsibility? What was mine? to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And I, and I want to stay there for just one second. I want us to really catch this, and I know you probably are know, it, know it, but I want to say it again. You are the ministers of the gospel in this city. There's not enough Tim Gilligans to do it in the world. Just there's, there's, there's a special anointing and a special I, I, you know, gifting for pastors and for teachers that are called to full-time ministry. But I need to clarify something. Our job is to just get you ready to get out there and to minister the gospel. And, that, and what's neat is, is, this, is that church is a place to receive an incredible responsibility to become ministers of the gospel. When you walk in those doors, we're handing you a responsibility to go and preach because faith comes by hearing and you get to speak the gospel of truth. And then the, the last of, those, of, the, of these four things I, I wanted to touch on 
The book of James says this, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires, so get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Church is a place to believe and then be challenged to live it out on Monday. You know, it's, it's sort of like, um, you know, well, I want to talk about serving for a second. When, when, when it comes to serving, there, there's sometimes a misunderstanding when I say that word. Some of you might be thinking about the red shirt we have that says serve week. And it's like, oh, he's talking about that one week out of, uh, out of the year that I serve. Sweet. We're not there yet because it's not the fall. Good to go. No, no, no. I'm not talking about that. And I'm not just talking about like raking your leaves of your neighbor, which is actually really awesome. So you're welcome to rake my leaves. But I'm not just talking about that. Here's what serving is. Matthew 28, 26, whoever says whoever wants to be great must be a servant. Whatever it is that we read in the words of the Bible, in the red letters, if you have a red letter Bible, that's all the part that Jesus said. Whatever we're reading there, our service is to go and take that and do it. So it's so much more, and it's all-encompassing, and it's a 24-7, 365 kind of experience. So church days affect the rest of our days. What we believe on Sunday will challenge us to serve and to act out what we heard on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. And you know, it's really our role is to serve, is to serve it up. And I tried to think of a good illustration, and the best one I could think of was this. When I was a kid, on Friday nights, when we were, when, when my, uh, when I was probably five or six, my mom would start going through the refrigerator at like five. And she started pulling out everything, like meat from four days ago and vegetables that were for one thing that are sort of left over. She just found everything. And then she put it in a bowl, put like five cans of tomato sauce in it, threw in some macaroni noodles, stirred it up and said, here's goulash. You guys, you guys ever have goulash when you were a kid? Okay. And so, so th- this whole idea with us serving is like, it's like the goulash of the Bible. And then you come by and our job is to get a big old heaping spoonful and take it out. And we're serving up all these things that God is speaking to us on Sundays and Wednesdays. Now, don't go and say that my church is goulash. That, that, that's not what I'm saying. But I think you understand what I'm trying to get at. So now that we understand the context of what the church is, and we understand what the context of serving is, I want to ask you a question. What if we only attended Sunday and we weren't faithful with giving away what we learned and what we believed? So it's, have you ever heard of carb loading? See, I've been on a low-carb diet for 15 years, so I don't eat a lot of carbs, but when I do eat a lot of carbs, I carb load. And it's actually a thing that athletes do. The day before they have a big game, soccer players do it, football players do it. What it does is you eat all these carbs, and then by the time you get to your next day, you have all this energy, and you expend all those carbs and all those calories. That's what carb loading is, and it serves a purpose for athletes. But imagine if you're like me, and you carb load on Monday and watch TV on Tuesday. Where do all those calories go? Right there been trying to get rid of those calories for a long time. 
Sometimes if, we, if we're in church and, and Pastor Tim or Pastor Lee or our pastors are serving up this incredible goulash and we're intaking the word of God, which is our daily bread, there is a point where if we're not getting it back out, I feel like sometimes we might become spiritually fat. And there's almost this weird callousness that comes with this where it's, it's just it's easy, easy to eat and eat and eat and then we forget what it's like to expend and to expend and to give it out. We, we often say in ministry uh, that Sundays is the Super Bowl. Have you ever heard anybody, have you ever heard any of us say that? Like Sunday's Super Bowl. Easter is like Super Bowl times two. Is that a thing? No. And then like Christmas is super... Super, Super Bowl. I mean, these are, these are big deals for us. But what I started thinking about is Sunday, it's, it's training day. It's full contact training day. I'll give you that, okay? But Monday is Super Bowl for all of us, for everyone in this room. And the reason why I wanted our students here tonight and the reason I wanted to have this message for this group is this is the core of Meadowbrook Church. When, when people say, who's Meadowbrook? This is Meadowbrook. You represent every part of our culture, every age group, every demographic. This is the group. And if there's a group that we can talk to, sort of like family discussions, this is the one. And so for the opportunity for us to take what we're hearing, to get trained in the righteousness and the word of God and to live it out and to play our Super Bowl on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday is what I'm talking about. Because what we believe on Sunday will challenge us to serve on Monday. Um, my wife right now is in the nursery and she told me I was only, she's like, you're only preaching 10 minutes tonight. So I need to, I will pick this up a little bit. She uh, loves changing diapers, just not that much. So there will be children and families, check this out, there will be children and families and neighbors and co-workers who will never step into our church until we step into their world. And their world is Monday living. And Romans, the book of Romans, now I want to be a little bit cautious. The book of Romans chapter 12 says this. It says, this is truly the way to worship. Don't copy the behavior. I skipped a little bit ahead, guys. I'm sorry. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. So we're not supposed to be, be, be like the world. But it says, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And that's what the word of God does. That's what Sundays do. And that's what, our, that's what every day of the week does when we're, when we're spending time with him in prayer and meditating. It says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So now we are, we are stepping in to somebody's Monday. And the only way that we get to do that is through relationship. If we don't have relationship with people that aren't in this room or aren't here on Sundays, we can't begin to step in on their Mondays. And if we, and if you don't step in on their Mondays, they'll never have the opportunity to reimagine what their Sunday could be. You get what I'm saying? See, Mondays are stressful. That, that the life of Monday, what it represents, it's stressful. We can win if we show up in the life of someone on a Monday. Relationships matter. Mondays are unpredictable. As Christians, we have the opportunity to be the predictable relationship in someone's life who shows up on a Monday and points them to the consistent love of God. We get to be the predictable part 
of their life because God is the predictable part of our life. He's a God of order, not of chaos, and we get to give them that. Mondays are loud. The, when, you, when you're living outside of Sundays and we're, we're living this life of Mondays, you're hearing so many different voices and you're hearing so many different sounds. And the reality is, is that when we're not in a family on a Sunday or a Wednesday or in a church family, we're hearing a bunch of voices that are telling us lies. They're telling people things that aren't true about who they are and what they can't do or what they should do. But you get to be somebody that's a voice in their life that's speaking louder than those lies. You get to speak the truth in their life because they need somebody to speak that truth. But relationship matters. That's how we have this opportunity. Monday is coming. So let's imagine that we build relationships that are grounded on Sunday and show up on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. And I'll I'll tell you, this, this kind of message, whenever I've heard it throughout my life, I would hear the preacher say, let's get out there and serve our neighbors and our coworkers in our community. And it never sunk in with me because my mind just wasn't that big or maybe I was, I wasn't that ambitious enough to change my whole city until one pastor said this, His name was Charles Lowry. He said this. He said, how about one life? Everybody just put one finger out. Just one. One life. Maybe tonight God will put a name on your heart of somebody that's been living Mondays their whole life. They haven't had the opportunity to be in a church family and experience what Sundays can do. And it's that one person, it's that one life, and that's not too daunting. That's not perhaps too overwhelming. And if we begin to pray and we say, God, put that person in my thoughts. Put that person in my prayers. Put that person in front of me if, if, if you can do that. Give me opportunities to be around them. And it might be a coworker. It might be the neighbor that you've lived, lived next to for 30 or 40 or 50 years. You just never know who it can be. And students, this year at school, you guys are experiencing Mondays as much as anybody. And your, your, your heads, it's loud. It's unpredictable. But you're here. And you're hearing something. And God is giving you something, just enough to get to the next Sunday. That's, that's how he does this, I think, in, in your life, in this time in your life. And so maybe you could ask right now, who's that one life in my school, in my class, somebody that I ride the bus with? Begin to pray for that person in June. And I would not be shocked that come August when school starts back up, God makes a way where that individual is in your class or on the same seat of your bus or every day somehow you're meeting up because God wants to give you that opportunity to change that one person's life. Because if you don't, they're going to live a Monday for the rest of their life. And you know what? Nobody likes living Mondays. We want to live Sundays. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected with us by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.